The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Katie Mox here flying solo today. Will Brinson is on vacation. But of course, welcome back to our All 32 series, the series where we catch you up with insiders from every team and give you the need to know information heading into the season. Today, we're diving into the Denver Broncos with Broncos beat reporter for the Denver Post, Parker Gabriel. Parker, happy training camp. The rookies yeah, have reported. Camp. How are we feeling? Yeah, yeah. Rookie Denver Broncos rookies report uh, on Wednesday here this week and then veterans next week. It's it is pretty wild to say, but football season is almost here. Football season is almost here and y'all have your joint practices with the Rams, which should be super interesting. Any matchups that you're looking forward to in those practices? Well, the, yeah, there's a whole bunch. I think uh, Aaron Donald against yes. literally yes. anybody, especially <laughs> after the way the, the practice went last year. But especially, I think, um, given the what the work the Broncos have done on the offensive line, uh, Ben yeah. Powers um, coming over, obviously, as a free agent from Baltimore. That's a good that's a good on good matchup, obviously. Uh, and then and then across the board, you know, I think it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, obviously, Vance Joseph, um, Denver's new defensive coordinator, very familiar with the Rams, spent the last four years in the same division um, with Arizona. So there all kinds of stuff going on. That'll be the last week. It's sort of a unique setup. It's the last yeah. week of the preseason. So late August, those those two teams get together for for two days here in Denver and then obviously a preseason game on the weekend. Yeah, I'll be looking forward to see that uh, Aaron Donald versus everybody situation. Yeah. Uh, but let's uh, get right into it. We are going to talk about the O-line in a little bit. But, you know, last season, there were so many expectations for the Broncos, so much hype around Russell Wilson and how competitive this team would be in the AFC. You know, that didn't happen. Nathaniel Hackett is gone. The legendary Sean Payton is in. What is the biggest difference that you have seen with this team and also just as an organization with Payton uh, running the show? 
Yeah, I think it at this point, you know, without a, a lot of hard data to go on so far, I think it's really just about the sense you get in terms of Sean Payton's confidence and, and experience. I mean, he's won 152 regular season games. He's got a Super Bowl ring. And it's not a knock on Nathaniel Hackett. Obviously, that didn't work. But before Sean Payton, Denver's last three coaches were first-year coaches um, with Vance Joseph, Vic Fangio, and then – Nathaniel Hackett and none of them worked. And it's sort of, you know, Sean Payton showed up and, and one of the things that you thought right away is, Oh yeah, this guy, not only has he won a lot of games, but he, he just knows exactly what he wants to do. He knows how he wants to build a culture. He knows how he wants to structure practice, all of the little minutia that goes into being a head coach. He's got 15 years of experience of, and that's not something that uh, Denver's had at the top of its organization uh, in a long time. So I think right off the bat, that's kind of, that's kind of the thing I think you notice first and foremost in talking to the players through the offseason program I, that nobody wants to bash former coaches. Right. But I think you get the clear sense that the guys that have been around a long time feel that, too, um, that they've got a coach that sort of knows exactly what he wants. Right. I mean, I think there was so much reported about Russell Wilson's relationship with Nathaniel Hackett. And I do know that one of Russell Wilson's favorite quarterbacks was always Drew Brees. Of course, Sean Payton was his coach for a long time. Does the relationship between Russell Wilson and Sean Payton seem really solid? Uh, it does so far. And, you know, Russell Wilson um, spoke very highly of Sean Payton before he ever got clearance to interview for the job after the last game of the season, um, which was actually a win against the Chargers. He got asked a really general question about what he expected from the coaching search. And he unprompted that he brought up more than one guy, including Denver's former defensive coordinator, Giro Evero. But he brought up Sean Payton. He brought up Jim Harbaugh. Uh, and he spoke really, really highly of Sean Payton, um, called him a wizard, um, sort of marveled <laughs> at his intelligence and the time they'd spent together not playing against each other, but also, um, you know, at the Pro Bowl and things like that. So uh, he he's excited. They're, they're obviously I mean, Russell Wilson and Drew Brees are both um, shorter quarterbacks, yes. uh, the shortest that have, have made long NFL careers. But they're really different players. Even Russell at the height of his power is a much different quarterback than Drew Brees. So. The challenge for Sean Payton, obviously, is to take all the stuff that led to such a strong relationship between him and Drew Brees and then figure out how that fits with Russell Wilson's game compared to, you know, what they had for so long in New Orleans. All right. Well, let's talk about Russell Wilson's game because, you know, in his career with the Seahawks, his stats were consistently solid. He had at least 20 touchdown passes uh, per year. He completed 61% of those passes every single season. And then I, the graphic was just on there. Last year, career low, only 16 touchdown passes, 11 interceptions, QBR of just 36.7%. How are the vibes going into this season with Russell Wilson? And what is a realistic expectation? of what he can do with this team under Sean Payton. Yeah, if you've spent any time around Russell Wilson or read what he says in interviews, watched on YouTube or wherever, you know he's just relentlessly positive. And so uh, the vibe has been that so far. And I think, you know, I think the people in the Broncos front office and on the coaching staff are, are sort of cautiously optimistic. Um, there's a lot of reasons why Russell Wilson, you know, played as, as bad as he did last year. And, and a lot of them are on him, you know, that, that, yeah. that at the bottom, at the bottom line, you've got to produce in the NFL. There's obviously extenuating circumstances too, for whatever reason, they just could not get untracked offensively between, you know, he and Nathaniel Hackett. Hackett had a lot on his plate, given that he hadn't 
ever been a head coach before and he hadn't called plays since 2018. And then he was trying to do both of those things simultaneously for the first time in a while. It just none of it worked. And then on top of that, they were ravaged by injuries. So that's not to sound like a litany of excuses for Russell Wilson. He'd be the first to say that, that he didn't play as best. He said that a lot of times. And so I think it's going to be a mixture of sort of reversing all of those trends. Um, can he, yeah. you know, really sort of buckle down and take, in this offense and process it and be able to play within it. You know, can Sean Payton better tailor a package of the, you know, of playbook for him? Can they stay healthier at wide receiver and on the offensive line? And are they going to be committed to running the football, which is what Nathaniel Hackett said was going to happen last year. And it never really materialized consistently. So all of those things will play a role. And I think around here in general, people think that he'll play better. And then it's just a matter of how aggressive you want to be in that, that projection. Yeah, look, I'm a huge 49ers fan. I have had Russell Wilson beat up on me for years. So I would I would lean towards last year was more of an outlier. And hopefully he will get back to the player uh, that we've seen throughout his career with the Seahawks. You know, we talked about the O-line in the beginning. Y'all beef that up. You got Mike McGlinchey uh, from the Niners. Paid him a pretty penny. Yeah. Uh, and then you also picked up Ben Powers from the Ravens. You know, Powers started all 17 games in Baltimore last season without committing any penalties, which you're definitely going to need with McGlinchey on the field. I will tell you as a Niners fan, that guy will get you some false starts, Uh, you know, for this offense to really rejuvenate the ground game is going to be paramount. How has bolstering this O-line, not only to protect Wilson, but really get that ground game uh, going. Yeah. Well, you're exactly right, Katie. I mean, both uh, Mike McGlinchey and Ben Powers right out as, as being among the better run blockers out there. And that's something that, you know, Denver, they weren't, they weren't, bad running the football last year, but they had this swoon after Javante Williams got hurt in early October where before they got Latavius Murray basically off the street, you know, from, from new Orleans who, who turned into a productive player in the second half of the year, but they just never really had that hang your hat on it, be able to run the football. um, Even when the other team knows you're going to, you know, in those sort of situations. And so that, that to me, like that's job number one for Ben powers and Mike McGlinchey is to, to help, uh, Denver run the football. Sean Payton is going to want to. I mean, sometimes we think about the the Drew Brees heyday and throwing the football all over and all the passing records and all of that. But, you know, at his core, you know, Sean's a West Coast rooted guy. Um, and, and that's what they're going to be about. Uh, McGlinchey and Ben Powers, that's what they were brought in for. That's what Samaj Piran was brought in for. That's what Chris Manhurts, the tight end from Jacksonville, was brought in for. All of this is geared toward uh, them being it you know, playing probably more under center, uh, more with two tight ends, running the football consistently. And it's kind of interesting because all of that stuff is what Russell Wilson was best at by and large, the best teams he had in Seattle. That's what they did really well. That's what we thought Denver was going to try to do last year. never really (laughs) materialized. So now it's uh, round two this fall. Yeah, certainly taking a lot of pressure off of Russell Wilson. You know, this two-headed monster of Javante Williams and P. Ryan, it's pretty scary for opposing teams. Williams is optimistic that he will be cleared in time for training camp. Assuming that they're going to want to ease Williams back into the lineup, it's going to put more work and carries on P. Ryan, specifically on third down. Any concerns about this running back room heading into the season? Sean Payton's expressed a lot of confidence about uh, Samaj P. Ryan being capable of being an every down back. He hasn't he hasn't been that in his career, of course. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if that's sort of the role he ends up in early in the season as they get Javante Williams back up to speed. Um, they've, they've got a couple of other guys that they like. Tyler Beatty, 
um, is a young guy that they picked up during the season last year, uh, formerly of Mizzou. Uh, Tony Jones Jr. played for Sean Payton in New Orleans and uh, is a free agent signing this spring. And then they've got an undrafted uh, free free agent that they they got this spring out of college, um, Jaleel McLaughlin from Youngstown State, who was prolific in college. That's not exactly like household names, right, after Javante Williams and yeah. Samaj P. Ryan. So I think you wonder a little bit about the depth, but – they started the offseason acting as though they didn't think Javante Williams was going to be ready for the season. But the last couple of months, they've really changed the approach they've taken and how many backs they've had on the roster, who they've kept, who they've cut. And so that it really seems as though they think that Javante Williams is going to be involved at least at some degree to some degree um, early in the season. All right, looking at this uh, wide receiver room, uh, you guys did draft rookie Marvin Mims this year in the second round. And with KJ Hamler and Tim Patrick both recovering from surgeries, you know, Mims is going to get some early reps in training camp. And, you know, he could make some noise here. What are your expectations for this rookie? Can he actually take a spot in this receiver room? Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I, I think when you were, you know, in the lead up to the draft, I, I don't think anybody would have pegged wide receiver necessarily as um a need or maybe where Denver would go with its first pick at the end of the second round they even traded up then um to to take him right at the end of the second round and it's interesting because not only did they do that but they didn't trade either of the guys who were sort of in trade rumors the entire offseason in Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy and so now you've got a situation where you've got Judy Sutton Tim Patrick as you mentioned um and Marvin Mims and then you've got KJ Hamler working back from a pectoral injury he was involved at least to some degree in the offseason program. So you've got a really crowded wide receiver room. Yeah. They added a couple of guys that have played for Sean Payton before on top yeah. of that group. Um, so it's one of the it'll be one of the sort of hottest contested position uh, battles in that in on Denver's roster. And I think mm-hmm. you're right in the sense that Mims and Hamler have sort of similar skill sets they may play tim patrick in the slot as sort of like a big slot and there's only so many roster spots to go around obviously if you draft a guy in the second round he's he's going to make the team so uh yeah there's a lot of competition in that group and and the six or so that they end up taking are going to be super interesting all right we're going to take a quick break here we get back we're going to talk denver defense always been solid but are they a little light in one area you're watching pick six we'll be right back Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount+. Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day. In the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. 
All right, back on uh, pick six with Parker Gabriel here. Parker, we know that Sean Payton has made a lot of changes on the offense. Denver should definitely be able to move the ball better down the field. Now, if we look at the defense, they've always been solid in this area. Y'all have talent at pretty much all three levels of defense, but there are depth concerns up front. Does this concern you at all? What would you say is the biggest weekends, weakness Excuse me, of the Denver defense heading into the season? Yeah, definitely. I think there's question marks up front for sure. They, they sort of they swapped Draymond Jones, who was a free agent, ended up signing with Seattle uh, for Zach Allen, who who arrived as a free agent from Arizona, played for Vance Joseph the last four years in Arizona. So you've got some continuity there. Uh, and then DJ Jones, who, Katie, you know, from San Francisco, solid yes. player uh, in the middle of an interior, you know, interior defensive lineman, a really good player, probably an underappreciated one. And then from there, that's kind of where the question marks are. They, they they got really nice, a really nice season last year from Deshaun Williams, who is sort of a journeyman. He's in Carolina now. So they're going to count a lot on Mike Purcell, who's a veteran. Um, and then a couple of guys who they drafted on day three last year who are going into their second years as pros. Matt Henningsen was a six-rounder out of Wisconsin. And Ioma Uwazarike, say that five times fast. Uh, <laughs> Try saying it once. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Fourth-rounder from Iowa State. Both guys were sort of like fringe rotation players as rookies. Um, showed some promise, but they're going to have to really sort of, you know, uh, up the pass rush a little bit um, to be in that sort of 25 to 30 snaps a game. And that's really, you know, they signed Tyler Lancaster, who missed all of last year after playing in Green Bay early in his career. So, again, it's there's not a lot of household names be, beyond um, Zach Allen and DJ Jones as sort of the anchors of that room. Uh, they signed Frank Clark. They're calling him an outside linebacker. Uh, I think you'll see Vance Joseph mix up fronts a lot, play in a lot of different ways. Uh, but, yeah, if, if there's a if there's an area on defense where you don't really know what the rotation is going to look like, it's, it's probably after those two guys up front. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. All right. Uh, this is a gambling show. So we got to ask you some questions about the season here. Uh, the Broncos, you know, again, last year, super high expectations. This year, maybe a little bit more realistic uh, to win the AFC West. They're at plus 475. Chiefs, of course, the favorite. It's going to be hard to compete. Uh, and then you got the Chargers, which I think is probably, you know, in line with what, what the Broncos can do this year. And then the Raiders have so many question marks. Any any chance that you would lay the plus 475 uh, on the Broncos this year to win the AFC West? Yeah, well, there, there's a reason that's that's where the Denver is, and that's where Kansas City is. I mean, it's yeah. it, it's it's Kansas City's division until somebody until somebody says otherwise. You know, could could Denver finish uh, second? Could you you know see the games you know with the Chargers over the course of the season having real ramifications on a wild card? Yeah, uh, am I? I'm not I'm not a I'm not a betting man as it is, as they say. But if I were, I'd find other things to do with my money than pick the Denver Broncos to win the AFC West in 20. All right. Let's find other things to do with your money. Looking at this win total, it's at eight and a half with the over juice to minus 115 Broncos getting nine wins this season. When you look at their schedule, can they do it? I, I think it's going to be tough, honestly. You know, I think that I think uh, there's a reason why that's where it's said it, uh, that's right about I think in my I don't know that I've put out like a real game by game prediction at this point. I, my gut says eight and nine. Um, so so right in the range. Um, I, I'm tempted on the under and I, yeah. I, a lot of it is most of their starting positions look fine. You know, Kareem Jackson said a couple of weeks ago, the veteran safety said on paper, we look pretty good. And and I, I think that's true. 
they've had injury issues over the past several years and and maybe they're due for that luck to turn around. But if it doesn't, I'm not entirely convinced on the roster depth that it takes to, to push into that nine or 10 win area. And ultimately uh, I wonder if that won't be the decision maker. All right. So let's look at Russell Wilson. They added a bunch of pass casters for him. They beefed up the O-line there. When you look at his, yards uh passing yards it's what three thousand i can't too small three thousand seven twenty five and a half three thousand seven twenty five uh and a half now he has gone over four thousand yards that was in 2019 uh, and actually 2015 as well last year three thousand five hundred and twenty four do you see this as an over for him this year given what they've been able to provide him in the offseason yeah, I actually like the under because uh, for, for two reasons. I think they really are going to commit to running the football. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're in the top eight or so in the NFL uh, in run rate. And then the other thing I think you have to consider is that Russell Wilson's been an Ironman for his entire career. Uh, he hadn't missed a start until that pinky injury is last year in, in Seattle. But he was on the injury report three different times last year, a hamstring, his throwing shoulder, uh, and a concussion late in the season. So that's just – I think it's part of the conversation with Russell Wilson that it, that really wasn't part of the conversation over most of his first decade in the NFL. He's not he's not old by quarterback standards. He's going to be 35 in October, but yeah. he's got a lot of tread on the tires. And you saw um, the sort of, you know, a little bit of a dent in the armor on the health front really for the first time in his career last year. So those would be two things that give me pause on the over there. OK, he's got that 24 and a half uh, passing touchdowns over or under for that one. This one I like, I, you know, he's averaged 31 for his career. Um, I like the over here. I, I, he, I think they'll get back to um, being more efficient in the passing game. I just don't know that they're going to be prolific in the passing game. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you get down around the goal line and, you know, Sean Payton will have some things dialed up to, to try to get cleaner looks than they had in the red zone last year. All right. And looking at this run game, you know, we talked about this. Samaj Piran is uh, his over under for yards is 600 and a half. He will start out the season as RB1. We'll see how that, you know, uh, happens throughout the season. 600 to me seems kind of low for him. What are you taking on this? Yeah, so this would be if he hits the under, this would actually perhaps be good news for Denver because it would mean that Javante okay. Williams is able to handle a bigger workload. Um I'll take the over. I just Javante that injury that Javante Williams had ACL plus the LCL and other damage is a serious one. I know they're they're they keep saying that they're confident about where he's at. I just will be surprised if it's an entirely smooth road back to just playing, you know, 50 snaps a game or something like that. So, yeah, I think Samaj P. Ryan's in for a big workload early in the season. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and take that over. Uh, Last thing, we didn't talk about him too much, but Jerry Judy, obviously a big uh, receiver for you guys. I know they've added some more pass catchers, may cut into some of his catches, but the over-under on his yards, 925 and a half. How do you feel about Judy? Yeah, he he, he finished just short of 1,000 last year with a really strong closing stretch. The only... They're going to be pretty balanced. You know, I think Greg Dulcich has a chance to be a sort of breakout type guy, second-year tight end. Uh, they've got a bunch of receivers in, uh, obviously, as you say, sort of in contention for catches. And then Judy himself has had injury issues in the past. He had an ankle injury that cost him seven games, I think, in his second season. Uh, I will take the under very slightly here. Take the under very slightly. Okay, last question. Coach of the year, Sean Payton has the second shortest odds uh, just because Arthur Smith and Dan Campbell are tied at the top at plus 1,000. He's at plus 1,200. If he could turn this team around and be a big competitor in the AFC, how do you feel about Sean Payton as coach of the year? 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I think he's got a great chance to to get strong consideration. Um, you know, if Denver makes the playoffs, obviously, given where they've been uh, seven straight years without being in the postseason, six straight losing seasons, um, you know, he'd he'd probably be right up there. I just think this is probably a bigger project than that. And if mm. they finish eight and nine, they could they could have a productive year without having what you might call like a successful one. Um, but I don't think that would get him coach of the year. So, uh, yeah, I understand why he's got the odds that he does. Um, I still, I will call it a, a modest surprise if, if they have a really good season that, that sort of puts him at that level. Okay. Well, the vibes are high again for Denver. We hope it is a better season. Thank you so much to Parker Gabriel. You can catch his articles on the Denver Post. Stay tuned for more from our All 32 series with daily drops in your podcast feed and on YouTube. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe on the YouTube page. For everyone listening to audio only, make sure you download, follow, leave a five-star review, and tell your friends to listen and watch the pod. Parker, it's such a pleasure. Thank you so much, and uh, good luck this season. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.